Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey I idolized Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as the team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry. I'll hang up and listen. I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Hold on, let me back up. Let me back up, because last time I came in really hot, I'm going to go all the way back here. Woo! Woo! Win! 3-2, Devin Levi, 31 saves. I don't know how many of them were spectacular. I think you need more than one hand to count. I, am I right? Like, I'd say at least 11. At le- like, seriously, he stood on his head tonight. Um, You know, J.J. Paterka, big night in my opinion, easy second star. That play at the point to, get, to help Jeff Skinner break off for that, for that breakaway goal. Biggest goal of the season. Yeah, like literally. Like that was huge, huge. And they, then, were playing, they were playing horribly up until yeah. that point. And then he follows up to put the final nail in the coffin, ends up getting the game-winning goal, uh, the third one, and just overall top to bottom, just a phenomenal, phenomenal game uh, from J.J. Can't, can't stress that enough. And, you know, I, I don't know if you would consider this stealing one, but I don't think, it, I don't think they win. The, I'm not going to say they don't win tonight uh, without Devin Levi. I don't think they win tonight without Devin Levi. I don't think so either. And I, I yeah. would say mostly because the Wild had way more high danger chances. Yes. And Levi Levi was unbelievable in front, like directly in front of his net. There were so, the two goals that were scored on him. Number one, he basically had the first one and it was just yep. unlucky in the way that Kaprizov basically misplaced the puck where he was trying to go. Knowing a guy like Kirill Kaprizov, he was absolutely trying to go high glove there and it ended up going five hole on Levi who was there. The second goal by Eric's neck, like, Wide open back door on the power play. You can't blame them on that. But there were so many other chances in front of the net. Wide open one-timers, which we can get to the defense and puck watching. And we can we can talk about that because it's obviously not good enough. But that is why Sabres fans, us included, us probably championing it more than anybody, are so excited about Devin Levi because that is when he's at his best. He is so unbelievably good at tracking the puck. Getting there, his reaction time is his speed and his reaction in general to the puck and the athleticism and the flexibility to get over. We saw it in the last seven games at the end of last year, particularly in his first start when he went across his crease and made a save in that in that first game against the Rangers. And we've seen it so many times. He's so quick laterally, and he showed that tonight. And, yeah, as you said, it saved the game for, for the Sabres tonight. Yeah, uh, and we on the pregame show, uh, I had a friend of mine, Stefano, 
uh, Cantali, uh, former Mercy Harris goal, uh, goalie uh, for their D1 program. Uh, phenomenal roller goalie, Chicklets Cup champion, uh, hopped on with us. And we talked a lot extensively. You would have loved the conversation, too, because a lot of it had to do with Marc-Andre Fleury, too. Uh, you know, Stefano is from the Quebec, Montreal, Montreal, Quebec area. Uh, he's been on the ice, I believe, with both. Um, and he had agreed with us both that, like, it would have been cool to see a, a one-two punch of Marc-Andre Fleury. I think it could still happen. I really do. I mean, he, he seems to think this may be Flowers last year in the league. We'll see. Doesn't look like it is. I, don't think, I, don't think, I think he's got another two years left, him, honestly. Yeah, doesn't, doesn't look like he is. But, but we, we, we talked extensively about Devin and just his ability to show up in big moments. Um, and he's a gamer, and he believes that, like, five years down the road, we're going to have a top three goalie in the NHL. He's, I, mean, he's, 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 I truly believe that. Just everything about him, everything, his, 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 his like, his awareness on – we talked about his awareness on the ice, his footwork – just how he's never out of position and how aggressive he can be. And even though how aggressive he is, he still knows where he is in the net at all times. So in case he is to go out too far, he gets right back to his post real quickly. Uh, just his ability to just uh, off the ice, just constantly developing his game and innovating his game. We all see that, that the VR training he's doing now that he's promoting, like he's been doing that actually for a long time. And like, just he the big reason why he says his game is at the level of that is because, when he's not on the ice, that's what he's doing. He's he's preparing, he's training, and it shows on the ice. Yeah, I mean, this isn't his first good game of the season. I think oh, this no. is six or six or seven star. I thought he played pretty well against the Maple Leafs the other night. Obviously, there were some goals, but I don't think they were necessarily his fault. I thought he played well against the Lightning uh, in the in the the mm -hmm. first game that they won this season, the third game of the year, their first uh, win at home, and I feel like he's played relatively well in all the other games that he started. Obviously, the, the Flames game, everyone thinks too, when he got hurt, he started off shaky, and then he let in the shaky goal in the third period, which he, of course, wants to have back. But the thing I saw tonight, especially in the first period, is he was seeing the puck really, really well. He was confident in his decisions. He was confident in his puck tracking ability. Not to compare it to myself, because it's obviously a different level, but I played last night, and I went into the game focusing completely on puck tracking. Because that's something I, I felt like I was lacking in, in some of my previous starts with my team. And I felt so much more comfortable in that because I was doing everything I possibly could to know where the puck was at all times. And I saw that from Levi tonight. I really thought he zeroed in at all times where the puck was going and where it was going to be. And he was in position. And at, at the end of the day, as a goalie, you, you can be athletic. You can have a strong mental fortitude. But positioning is the biggest thing. And obviously, like he made some really good high danger chances, high danger chance saves, but he put himself in position to make those saves. And that's the best thing you can do, especially as a smaller goalie. So I uh no, I obviously so encouraged from from what we saw from him tonight. And as we continue to move forward, I, I do like this one-on, one-off rotation with him and UPL. I thought UPL played great against the Hurricanes the other night. And, yeah, he had a great game. I mean and, and, and somewhat stole us a point. Um, against a really, really tough team on the road. So I think they absolutely go to him tomorrow night in, in Pittsburgh uh, against a team that is also pretty good. Won a really, really tough game against the Kings out here in L.A. last night. Uh, so they might be a little bit tired coming back from a road trip. And you throw UPL in there and you try to get another good game out of him. Obviously, the team's going to be a little bit tired. But having this rotation is massive for Devin Levi moving forward because you do not want to run him into the ground like you did to start the season. Yeah. Um, 
And that still gives you the ability, even if you are going every other game, if that is the way things are going to be, um, that you can go with the hot hand every once in a while. Like, say, t- you know, tomorrow, not tomorrow, but say instead of playing tomorrow, they're playing Sunday. You know, Don probably would feel really comfortable. You know what, Dev? You earned yourself another start. Go right at it. And I don't think anybody would have a problem with it. Uh, and you go right back to UPL the next game. Yeah. No, and but allowing each guy to get into a rhythm, playing games every every few days, every yeah, four I, days, every five days, it's great. But if they both continue to play well, that also makes Eric Comrie expendable. And it makes him a trade asset, as we talked about the other night. Right. Man, they're the Oilers need him so badly. In the worst way. Losing to the San Jose Sharks, which may go down potentially as the worst team in NHL history. They are right there at the bottom of the cellar of the NHL cellar with them right now. And more than anything, they needed to they need a goal. Did you see Jack Campbell in the AHL the other night? Four goals on 20 shots. Did you see that shot that he let in? Yeah. Where I, I watched that in like slow mo. It looked like it just took a funny bounce, no, no, right? No, no, he usually has post. It re- no, it ramped up his stick. Oh, did it? It ramped up his stick, yeah. And that, so that, when that is the, when, that it, is when the, it rains, it pours. That is the biggest sign of a goalie that is just not confident at the moment. And a goalie that's overthinking things. And he just tried to get to his post and put his stick down. And it ramped up his stick. And guess what he wasn't doing? He wasn't watching where the puck was. No, no. He was actually trying to make sure he's tight on the post. If you, lose, you, if, you lose, if you lose your focus, like you lose where the puck is. And that's what he did. Um, yeah, the Oilers need an answer. And I honestly think that could be their native son. I don't think ever anyone thinks of Eric Comrie as Edmonton's native, native son. But why not, right? Like. Package him with Victor Olofsson in a pick and bring someone back because they need something. They need to they need to switch up any type of mojo that they have right now, which is really really bad. Yeah, I uh, I, I like last night the toilet we call it the toilet bowl, right? Yeah, San Jose at Edmonton and the San Jose, who up until like a week ago, uh, what was it? Um, they had like ten total goals scored on the season. And like over the course of what it was it like 11 games was, and you'll, you, that should be a layup win. If you're Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers and they go in there and they lose three, two, it's just, it's just mind blowing. Like what is going on in Edmonton? Yeah. It's, it's really insane. Uh, Connor McDavid doesn't even necessarily look like himself. And I just think that yeah, he, can, he, can he still be hurt. I know we're like, before maybe. that hurt his classic, yeah. he had an injury. Drysaddle doesn't look like himself. Uh, yeah, the whole team is is in shambles. But like, if is, that team doesn't make the playoffs, how are you not requesting a trade to get the fuck out well, of? Well, I, I mean, I don't think he's, he'll do that because I think he's, I think he's at least part of. He's obviously part of the solution. He's the best player in the league. But it's more so he doesn't seem like the type of guy that's going to force his way out of there. I really don't think so. Um, but we'll see what happens. Well, he, I, well, I think, he, just, he just watched Jack Eichel do it and win a cup. I know. I know. I, I, I more than anything, I think Connor McDavid is a better team player and a better person. Than oh, for sure. But I'm just saying like one is enough, enough. No, Not yeah. that we're spooling into like a Edmonton Oilers episode right. here. Really? Yeah. Realistically, when is enough, enough? If you're he's still, he's still young and I think that there is a solution down the line, but honestly it starts with goaltending and that answer could be Eric Comrie. So I think the Sabres, especially if Levi and UPL get into a rhythm here with this rotation and they both theoretically become the goalies of the future with this team, which is best case scenario, a one, a one B, as we always talked about, like UPL was Levi before Levi arrived. He was the guy we were thinking was going to be the starting goalie for the Sabres in five to 10 years back in 2018, when we drafted him. 
And when obviously the Sam Reinhardt trade happened, Levi came in and now there's two top tier prospects. If they both can play well, you don't need Eric Comrie on the team. No. So I, I think, I think that, I mean, who knows what Kevin Adams, the discussions that he's having, but if you have three quality starting NHL goalies, I don't necessarily think Eric Comrie is that, but send him home where he's from to a team that needs it right now because they could get hot and make the playoffs in a matter of a month with how much skill they have. So as I, much I, as I, I'm assuming probably Eric Comrie likes being here. Like the opportunity to throw that hometown no, sweater on, that's gotta be like, no, he obviously grew up an Oiler fan and like, yeah, that would be the greatest thing in the world for him. So I hope that happens. I really, yeah. really do. Because that would mean best case scenario for the Sabres that they don't need him, that Levi and UPL are both playing really well. Yep. Uh, I agree. Um, Ryan Johnson, I thought another solid effort from him. He made a couple small mistakes, but like nothing that cost them dearly. He's got to stay. Yeah. He's making it hard. And then when Samuelson's back. I mean, Yoki Hard, you got a goal tonight, but. Yeah. But I mean, that's just throwing the puck out, not which is great and everything. No, no, no. Second goal of the year, but as as we talked about, I don't, I don't know if any of these were necessarily his fault. I'm going to have to go back and look at the goals, but there's so much puck watching still. Yep. So even from Darlene, like he had a couple tonight on that last chance from uh, Kaprasov in the, in the third period where Levi got the paddle down in front of the net on the one timer. He let him get through with, without any resistance, without any stick lift whatsoever. And from your, your likely future captain of your team and someone who's prided himself recently on being better in his own zone and being better defensively, these past few games, I, I do think it's got to be a little bit better. Uh, same yeah. with Owen Power. Uh, I think Clifton and Johnson were largely okay. I got to look back at the numbers. But as we talked about, there were so many high danger chances because there were so many open guys in front of the net. And thankfully, Levi was was up to the task. But yeah. that's got to change quickly because that's not going to happen every single night. You can't expect your goalie to stand on his head and win you a game. Your favorite guy, Mauricio, here in the chat. Cousins looks shaky, lacks confidence, playing tentative, not impressed all with the first-round pick. Uh, okay, Dude, so, bu- uh, so bust, I'm going to stop you right there. He's not a bust. No, so he's nowhere near a bust, bud. He's not a bust. He was not a bust. unbelievable last season. He started this year off slowly. He had a seven-game point streak, and then – he got into a fight, broke his nose, got a concussion, and now he's back a week later wearing a bubble. I'm not surprised at all. He looked shaky. Today. You were in a fishbowl. Like, what do you want? Like, you yeah, know, he, he's going to be no, tentative. No. In the he he looked. He looked bad tonight. I, I will say yeah, that. he wasn't great. But like no, again, no. you're playing with a. You're playing with a. Literally, it's still broken. Like there's not no way that frozen is not broken. I mean, not a bust. Yeah, nowhere near a bust, bud. Um, I have full confidence in Dylan Cousins. He will. Get right back to where he left off yesterday. He's going to be fine. Yeah. Uh, more from Mauricio. Defensive zone coverage in own end is atrocious. High danger chances all night. Devin deserved first, second, third stars. Sabres need to clean up defensive zone coverage. I could agree. Positivity you. from Mauricio. Great point. A little positivity from Mauricio. I like there. We love that. I know. I mean, come on. Uh, power all night. Didn't have strong stick all night. Whiffed and whiffed. Played. Scared. Tentative. Lacks confidence. Play with talent and contact. Power. Don't be a schmuck. Stuff up your game poser. <laughs> coming hard, man. Owen Power, uh, also not Paterica a poser. All season. Can't agree with you more, Matt. I mean, Paterka, I tweeted it out. People disagree. Say it's Casey Milstat. I personally, I love what JJ Paterka has done this season. Um, and it only the second uh, year. And I think more people, making, more people expected it from Casey, though, right? Yeah. 
you, you can say what you want about Kevin Adams. He hit an absolute fucking grand slam trading up in the second round to pick J.J. Paterka. And, and he hit a grand slam picking Jack Quinn, too. Yeah. In that, in that same draft over Marco Rossi, who, I mean. He's Marco, had, I think he's having a good year this year, though. No, no, he's had his, but he had the COVID thing. The COVID thing, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think he's going to be a good player. But I think people question the Jack Quinn pick, and it turns out that Jack Quinn, I, I think it's going to be end up being really As long really as he stays healthy, yes. As long as he st- but yeah, I mean, he had a freak Achilles injury training yeah. in the offseason. I'm not concerned about that. Um, Definitely my best game this season, if ever, for the Sabres. Um, I say it's right up there with his debut against the Rangers. I I think he had way more degree of difficulty tonight. Yes, but I I would say that his debut against the Rangers and then that game a very emotional like motions on high type of performance sure. in a big situation where playoff implications in the line every single game. I do think this was of the this was his sixth start this season. And he started seven at the end of the last year. Of his 13 games he's played in a Sabres uniform, I think this was his best performance. Yes, I, I, I wouldn't disagree with you. Um, Sabres offense and power play are in a funk and needs to be fixed and fast. I can't, Again, Absolutely. all good points. Uh, Although, I do think the last power play, when Tage had those like three or four one-timers, I think they were starting to figure it out a little bit. There was that one play, play too. I don't know if it was the power play, but I, I literally – lost my mind on the t- at the TV. Like Tage was coming up um just on the inside of the right face-off circle. Guy kind of dives in front of him, but he had all the time in the world to shoot that puck. He tried making an extra move and yep. lost in the course. Yep. Like, Dude, did shoot that it. Just did shoot that it. All night. He uh another I'm never doing this again. And the next time I don't do it, he's probably going to get 10 shots on goal. His shot prop is 3 tonight. He had two shots on goal. Guess how many shots he had blocked or missed? Six. Twelve. Twelve? Connor, how's the California sunshine? How's the surfing? <laughs> I don't surf. Sunshine's great. Um, yeah, I'm never going to bet a Tage Thompson shot prop again. I think I've lost like yeah. 12 times this season. <laughs> I can't do it. And the one gave me a 10 shots, I didn't do it. We have a request here. Dress up like Ric Flair. Whoa, Dwayne. Dress up like Flair when Sabres win big Goathead night. I mean, I'll do it. I got to find the fancy robe, but and, I'll do and, it. Uh, and a white wig, but yeah, you could pull that. And a, yeah, and a, a silver white, silver white wig. Yeah. Um, one more thing about Paterka. I think we talked a little bit about it coming into the season, even Fairburn on the, on the preview episode, um, about obviously guys who could surprise. He, def- he definitely mentioned him as a guy who could have a breakout campaign. He specifically mentioned him. But the one thing was like how well he played at the World Championships in May. He was the leading scorer on Team Germany who lost to Canada in the finals. And he was the best player in that tournament. Yes, he was. Through through two weeks. His speed was so apparent. His shot is so much better. His finishing ability that he didn't necessarily have last season. He only had 12 goals. He's already has half that in 14 games this season. So he's raised his game to another level. And that's without Jack Quinn. Imagine when the kid line gets back together and the chemistry that they had last season and you get a little bit more familiarity uh, between those three guys, he could take his game to an entirely different level. Like I would not be surprised if JJ gets 25, 30 goals this season. I really wouldn't be. I definitely have at the very least 20, right? I think he's absolutely going to get 20, but I think 30 is absolutely attainable 
with the speed and the finesse that he's playing with so far. He's just playing with so much confidence. So much yeah. confidence. Speaking, speaking of confidence, the other guy we mentioned, Casey Middlestat wasn't on the score sheet tonight. But his he was ability, all over the ice. his ability to hold off defenders with one arm while keeping the puck with one stick and keeping possession in the offensive zone is honestly incredible. Like his strength and his balance and his skating ability has improved so much in the past six months, even towards the end of last season, the beginning of this, this season, uh, he was, he was the best player on the ice for the Sabres without question, uh, along with Paterka who made the impact plays, obviously, yeah. but middle set every single night. And I would say aside from maybe one or two games this season where he was maybe not too noticeable, especially in the past seven or eight games, he's been incredible. He's been absolutely incredible. And it cannot be overstated how much that matters to this team that he has finally arrived. Like, and, and another thing too is, like, we're not even seeing peak JJ Paterka yet because his best boy and roommate, Jack Quinn, will yeah. hopefully be back sooner rather than later. And once them three are back together, Cousins, uh, Paterka, and uh, Quinn, like, look out because they, yeah. I hope they pick up right where they left off last season. And then, and, and then you can put Tage, Tuck, and Skinner together. Yep. And then you can do Middlestat, Greenway. I mean, I don't even know who 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 else they'll have at that point. Like that may be, that may come down to Krebs. I think Olafson should be gone. I hope so at least. Maybe that's Savoy. Maybe that's Benson. Yep. Maybe that's Yuri Kulik. I don't know. I mean, would you not love a third line of Middlestat with Greenway and Kulik? Or I mean, Benson. We haven't talked about him. But, like I said, though, like. Benson's a little bit more complicated because of the nine games. Yeah. But I mean, if he, if he picks up right where he left off, speaking of Robert Seagrave, Ryan Johnson is the real deal. And shouldn't we see Rochester again? Can't agree with you more about yeah, um, he might be with the, the team the rest of the season. Yeah. And it, Benson picks up where he left off. I mean, can't really justify sending him back to junior. No, yeah. you can't. But at the same time, like we've all banged the drum to get Yuri Kulik a chance, right? Yeah. Uh, but I mean, Again, you have Rusek in tonight's lineup. I know, but what is what has he really done? No, but what I'm saying is, like, for whatever reason, they're not in the cool. No, no, no. Goals I, in ten games, like, I think there's, there, no, I, there's nothing left for him to prove in Rochester. No, 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 so why I, isn't he up on the team yet? I think they're they were looking for a specific type of player and bringing Biro and Rusek, a two way guy, of responsible defensively. Yeah, but at the end of the day, like, you already have an entire line that does that. And I, I think obviously Thompson and Greenway are two of the best defensive forwards in hockey right now. Yeah. Like you don't ne- you don't necessarily need any more defense from your offense, given that the defense aside from tonight has yeah. largely been improved. We're discussing this last night. You need to uh, score goals. Yeah, I, I like discussing this last night on Twitter with Joe Marino from the Charging Buffalo. I said like he mentioned uh, we were talking about this lineup going forward, and I, I said I flat out said like. I don't know how you justify like, like, like we talk about cool. get me in this lineup and stuff like that. And like, at the end of the day, when you're looking at the long, like the, the like long-term picture of this lineup, Kevin Adams has some difficult decisions to make because yeah, all those guys who drafted in the first round the last three years, he's not gonna be able to keep them all. There's just no way. Well, this is, this is why a trade could be necessary. Exactly. Like Noah Osling, great night, nice playmaking. You're not uh, seeing this lineup for three years. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like you have 
Savoy, absolutely in the picture long-term. Benson, absolutely in the picture long-term. Quinn, long-term. Terica, long-term. Cousins, already long-term. Take Like, Look up Greenway. and down this lineup. Greenway, middle stat. That's yeah, we, like, we, like we just there named, are guys that are gonna have to be sacrificed. You just named your 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 top nine. Yeah, right so that leaves you three spots on a line typically meant as a shutdown line. Now you still have Krebs. This is now remember, remember we we talked about this once and you disagreed with me. I said Krebs could be on the outside looking in. Come on. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I did. And you didn't agree with me. How do you feel about that now? Well, he hasn't proven this season that he well, well he I, wasn't I, proven it last year either. No, no, I, I thought last year he was actually pretty good, especially when he, well, they put but, well, but when to, they put when point, they when they put him with better, more offensively skilled players, I thought he was amazing. I really did. So do I. I still think he is, but they're not. I know they're not. And they're not. Not, I know that not. Like they're not giving him those opportunities consistently. Yeah, so, but I and I guess like that. Then it comes down to: Are you going to? I mean, I guess you could trade away a piece of that huge trade, right? I mean, yeah. Theoretically, if you want to get something back from him, but like, I don't know what you get for Peyton Krebs at this point. He hasn't produced. Yeah, I, I mean, he's been he's he's definitely turned his defensive game around. I'm I'm fine with him on the fourth line moving forward. I think he's defensively responsible, and if you put him with more skilled guys. I think he's going to start producing. I really do. But he's largely stuck between Oposo and Gergensen's, which is just like. I I am nipping at the bud to see a Krebs-Benson-Savoy line. I am too. I want, I, I want to see so Krebs. Bad. I, I want, want to see Krebs so with, anybody, with, with anybody that has any sort of offensive upside. Like, I'm just talking about three Winnipeg kids. Just going out there, guns blazing, absolute rockets friggin' tied to their skates. Let's um, go. Just speaking of which, uh, Savoy, did he have like three shifts tonight? Yeah, he wasn't out there a lot. <laughs> my my buddy Jack mentioned that to me at the end of the game. And I noticed him maybe once or twice. He had a couple puck possessions. But other than that, I think they largely sat him tonight. Which is like which is nothing against him at all. I think it was just like the flow of the game. This game started out really ugly. Yep. Like it was, it was, there was no space. The wild were clogging up the neutral zone, blocking everything. Yep. They were pressuring the puck, especially on the Sabres power play. They could, didn't have any time whatsoever. Uh, so maybe that's why they didn't want him out there. But yeah, I didn't see him at all. So I don't think we can like determine anything about him at this point because I don't, I don't think he even really had a chance. Yeah. Uh, before we continue, I just want to recognize the sponsors for. Both two goalies on Mike and all hanging. But listen, make sure you get over to Fatty Beer. Seven different Western New York locations with 300 beers to choose from at Buffalo, Buffalo, New York, and Western New York's premier market and tap room. Both kid and dog friendly. You can let them know the boys from two goalies, one Mike sent you. And of course, Buffalo Go uh, Apparel Company, the premier spot for all your local. Uh, when you shop local, if that's what you choose to do. All your Buffalo sports needs from the Bills, the Sabres, the Bisons, the Bandits. They do it all. They do local businesses. I mean, they'll take care of you. Uh, and if you meet, if you uh, meet up with Eric, just let him know two boys with two goalies when Mike sent you. Check out the Stefan 316 shirt as well as the Buffalo NHL Shield ball cap. Can't wait till we get a couple of those to wear on the show, Connor. Uh, absolutely electric stuff coming from the Buffalo logo this season. Um, <clears throat> moving on from that. Um, 
yeah, Savoy. I can't even say the word underwhelmed because I don't think he got a chance to whelm. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that I, I just, he really didn't get a chance whatsoever. Maybe it was because it was a tight game and Don just didn't want to throw the inexperience out there. But, I mean, he dipped a toe in tonight. I mean, he didn't do anything wrong, not that I saw, unless something's addressed in the post-game press conference with Don Donnie. Uh, I haven't seen anything, uh, judging from here on Twitter. So I, I don't know. But um, Brian Kozu is usually pretty good on top of that. Um Granado on Paterka from Brian Cozio. He's more aware of the responsibilities away from the puck, and it's getting his offense faster. Uh, also from uh, Cozio on with uh, quote from Levi. It was a fun game. I just tried to keep the puck out of the net. The boys played really well, blocked many scoring opportunities. The guys blocked a lot. There was a lot of traffic. So so many broken plays. Just dropped the technical approach and go and play. Well, I actually love that quote. Uh, just drop the technicality stuff and just go go out there and play hockey. Uh, Granado on middle stack coming up big. It was key that he rose up. He knows that he needs to rise up with the injuries. We needed to elevate in the third, and he was one of the guys that did. He was all over the puck, absolutely all over the puck, absolute bear in terms of possession and just maintaining control. Uh, Granado, in the end, it was a hell of a gut check for our guys, and they pushed through. We needed to find a way to win tonight, especially in the third period where our determination was there. It's down to 20 minutes, and we had to find find more from within. Uh, yeah, all great points from uh, Don Granado. And, I, again, I am not seeing anything here uh, from uh, – particularly from um, about Savoy. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Lucas Rusak had more ice time tonight. I yeah, mean, I, sure. more, I, I think it's just like first NHL game finding a role, figuring out what situations they want to put him out there. I wouldn't read into it at all. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I love that Casey Middlestat is getting his flowers. <laughs> like more than anything, like I think that it's been really difficult for him given the position that this organization put him in to start yeah. his career. He obviously, he, it was his decision to come out after one year in college, as we've talked about. He absolutely should have stayed one more year. But throwing him in there, no AHL, no Rochester Americans to develop his game, get stronger. He's what, 24, 25 years old at this point, maybe even younger. He might even yeah. be 23, but he's got so much potential in front of him. And I said during the game, like, and we talked about it last show, give him a contract now. Before it costs you later. I and I, I even said more. seven, seven years times 6 million. I would do. And a heartbeat. I don't think any Sabres fan, supporter, anyone in the organization, any of his teammates, that's a little less than Cousins and Tage, obviously, which it should be. I think no one would bat an eye at that. And as we kind of talked about earlier, I think Cousins is, is still figuring it out right now, and he's a different type of player than Middlestat. But I would almost put Casey Middlestat on the same level as Dylan Cousins right now in terms of their importance to the team. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I so, mean, just in like, terms of what he does five on five. It's, uh, what it's he, amazing. It is. It really is. Um, Darlene just continuing to do what he does best and just be a Norris candidate defenseman. Um, I mean, I guess, you know, like you mentioned earlier, there's some stuff he needs to clean up. But at the end of the day, like, just another solid effort from him tonight. Um, just holding things down back there with a new defensive partner, second time out there with Ryan Johnson, and they look they looked fine. 
Yeah. I think on most nights we can just trust that we just never have to worry about him. I think obviously there are some defensive deficiencies here and there, but offensively the chances that he creates, how good he is at getting distributing the puck, obviously, and he's going to score goals like he did the other night against the hurricanes. So yeah, I'm obviously like the best player on the team in, in my opinion, without question. Um, all around. I think Casey's been the best forward, but Dowling has been this, this entire season. He has been the Sabres best player as he should be. Yeah. I like largely overall, like they gave him that contract. He's making not this year, but ten and a half million dollars next season. The third highest paid defenseman in the league. He should play like their best player. And he has been. So if anything, that's that leads credence to why they did it and what it's going to project moving forward. And yeah, he's only 23 years old. <laughs> so my youth on this team, man, it's just uncanny. Like I remember like early on in the Jack years, like, like we were real, real optimistic about like the youth on the team. You already had a built-in leader with Ryan O'Reilly, you know, had a goal scorer in Evander Kane, um, and just this plethora of young players and Eichel, Reinhardt, Ristolainen at the time, where we thought was going to be a, a true, like number one defenseman, um, Zadorov, just you get so many names and it, we just completely crashed and burned. But this is like a different type of optimism you feel about this group. Just like you just know that this team is going to compete for a Stanley Cup at some point in the next five years, I think. Yeah, I, I really believe so. Uh, and tonight, do you know what that win did for the Sabres? It did two, it did two things. What, is one of them put them in a playoff spot? One of them sole possession of the wild card spot. There we so go. That's, that's always good to have. And it also put them over 500 for the first time this season. Let's go. Seven, six, and one, 15 points in the second wild card spot. And while that doesn't mean anything in November, I think it does mean something for this group given the way they started. Yes. Remember how much we were all not necessarily panicking, but upset after that Flames game, after that Canadians game with how they were starting and where the offense was. Right. And even in the first half of this game, like I think the discourse online was it was really, really ugly. Like they could not find a rhythm offensively, getting shots blocked, firing pucks into shin pads. Tage Thompson, I'm I love you, but please get pucks on that next time I bet on yes. your shots. Yeah. I mean, same with Casey Middlestat. Like I, I bet him to get two shots tonight and he he only got one. But I I think he just generally just needs to shoot the puck a little bit more. Um, but given the way they started, I think that's a big mental hurdle for them. Like they're probably not necessarily gonna like talk about it. But you know that they look at the standings. They, you know who they're chasing. They know who's in their division. They know that a game against the Penguins tomorrow night is likely a team they're going to compete, going to be competing with for a wild card spot. So that is a massive game tomorrow night. I know it's in the middle of November and there's five months left in the season, but coming off a of back to back against a team that is kind of on their last legs in terms of like a run that they potentially could make this year. That's a huge, huge game tomorrow night. If they're able to win in any fashion, bring to eight, six, and one going into a little break. Uh, not a big break, but they have a few days off. That's a huge win. So they got to come out and perform tomorrow night. Got to give a huge shout out to our boy Ty B here in the chat. JJ is going to put up 30. I mean, we agree with you, man. Absolutely. Just the I way he's he, like, has he Be had a bad game season? No, he hasn't. Like, no. he just. No, he's he's largely just been good. Oh, shout out Ty B with the Paterka jersey as well. That's true. That's one, that of the only, the, one of the only Paterka jerseys I've they, we saw him at the, the Hummel. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he did, well, was wearing a JJ yeah. jersey. One of the only Paterka jerseys oh, I've seen. Steve has a Rochester JJ jersey. 
one of the only yeah so there you go there's a couple but i think you're going to start seeing a lot more yep with the more, way he's playing you know, you know how the sickos that follow this team latch on to players they latch on to moments yeah i found the feelings i'm already thinking about the next jersey that i'm gonna get and it's absolutely gonna be casey middlesat without a doubt a hundred percent oh his stock is through the roof right now his stock is through the roof and that's such a fun jersey to have given the way his career started and all of the flack that he got and what he is right now um uh, Nick Foley. I, I don't know that reference, but uh mankind WWE. Um I know Mick Foley. Sure. But I don't know, I don't know why he explain it more than more, Matt, but uh I, I'm all for a wrestling reference. Uh I, I know who Mick Foley is. I've met him before. You have? Yeah, he's coming to the office a few times. That's sick. Seventy seven is a great number for a jersey, too. Absolutely. And so is, so is thirty seven, which I'm really excited about to get a seventy seven. Great. Uh, is JJ Paterka the greatest 77 since Ray Bork? Um, in the NHL? Sure. How many others have there been? I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know, I don't know that off the top of my head, but given that we don't know, absolutely. Yep. Off the top of my head, yeah, sure. He's, he's the best one. Yeah, 100%. And he's, he's going to be even better than Ray Bork. Yeah. Uh, from Gar Gallant, please don't exile Krebs because he's been Kruger to the fourth line. Um, I just think it's a lack of – it's not for a lack of ability. It's for a lack of roster space. space. Like, yeah. like, it's literally – just, it's just it's, – it's space at this point. Yeah. And I don't get me wrong. I, I think we still need some more size uh, after, obviously, Gergensen's and Akposo, you know, leave and retire, whatever they decide to do with their careers. But, like – Trade for Tom Wilson. Yeah, 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 I don't think he's ever leaving Washington. Trade. They're blowing it up. Trade for Tom Wilson. Or uh, Keegan Coleslar. I love Keegan Coleslar. Honestly, anyone like that, but if the Sabres were to get Tom Wilson, I would. Yeah, yeah it'd, be, it'd be magical. It'd be so magical. Um, but, yeah, I just. Or a guy like Nick Foligno. Nick Foligno or bring Marcus back home. He's all dirt ball oh, tonight. Not, not I, Marcus, I, met, I met Marcus. He's the captain of the wild now, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I don't I don't think they would trade their captain. Father was it father was in attendance. Yeah, I don't I don't think I was thinking that, and then I had no idea that he was the captain of the team. There's no way they trade they trade their captain. So and they're also not having a bad year. No. Um I was just looking at the schedule a little bit, just coming up, just projecting moving forward in terms of uh what we have coming up here. Obviously, Penguins tomorrow night on the road. Get a couple days off. Uh, do you know who they have on the row uh, at home next Tuesday? Who's that? The Boston Bruins. Oh, oh, oh. And guess I, what? They're, they're still a really good Bruins team, but they're not the Bruins team of last year. But they're 10-1-1. One, one, so. Which is wild. <laughs> they're, the defense and the goaltending is just insane. Um, that's going to be a Levi game. You got you it. You lose, you, you lose Patrice Bergeron. Which was a sixty-point player for you last year. You, I mean you didn't really add anybody, like anybody of substance. Well, like Lucic. Yeah, I mean, I said add anybody of substance. Yeah. No, no, they um, and and Van Riemsdyk. Yeah, like, but I mean, he definitely. That's kind of like when um, Ottawa signs. Uh, uh, why is his name escaping me? Um, why is his name escaping me? Fly, former Flyer. Um, Van Riemsdyk? I don't know. I, oh, I, with, I, with Ottawa. Yeah, I, I don't know off the top former of Former captain of the Flyers. Right oh, now. Giroux. Giroux, yeah. 
kind of like a situation like that with what uh, what they did there. You know, just bringing that veteran guy who put a few pucks in the net. Um, but yeah, I I just don't. I mean, it's just kind of mind blowing that they're still this good. Like yeah. So I'm thinking obviously UPL tomorrow night. Levi gets the game at home against the Bruins on Tuesday. He's probably got to steal a game there. I think so. Then they then they go on a mini road trip. Uh, Winnipeg next Friday night in Winnipeg, probably facing Connor Hellebuck. So you're going to get a tough game. Then you have the Blackhawks on the road. Connor Bedard, four points last night. Amazing start to his rookie season. That'll be fun to watch at least. How many points does he have right now? Uh, I think he's a point-per-game player, especially after last night because he had four yeah. points last night. So – uh, before that, he was like two or three points under a point per game. And then you have the aforementioned Capitals on the road after that to finish out the road trip. And then the Penguins back at home. And then over under 80 points for Connor Bedard. I'm going to say over just because of the opportunities that they're giving him. He's playing top line minutes. He's on the power play. They obviously want to feature him as much as possible. And the dude has all of the ability in the world. Like his, yeah. his he's got all world finishing ability. He has an amazing wrist shot. He's a good skater, and he puts himself in good positions. Dude, that release is already like a top five shot in the league. Yeah, I th I think he could get ninety. I really do. I I'll, I, I just don't know. Like you kind of look at players like when Crosby came into the league, when David came into the league. There was just more talent around. Him. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I, mean, bring, I think bringing Taylor Holland was a great idea. Bringing Corey yeah. Perry, Corey Perry stays with him after practice to work on a shot. Like they surrounded him with, I think, the, Great right, the right group of guys to get him to where he needs to be. So, yeah. And then after that road trip, then you have Penguins, Devils, uh, Rangers, and uh, another road trip, Devils, Rangers, and Blues to end out the month. So some tough teams here and there, but also a lot of winnable games, especially if you have good goaltending and the scoring picks up a little bit. So I think – as we said, you judge this game after judge the team after ten games, twenty games, quarter of the way through the season. Yeah. But in a playoff spot right now, over five hundred for the first time, fourteen games in. That's a huge mental hurdle. Absolutely. Did we get a reason why Tuck wasn't in the lineup tonight? I don't think I got one, but he has and been dealing with. He was on the ice originally for the morning skate, or he has been dealing with some injuries, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he's been really been healthy even for a single game this year. Yeah, so. The said game time decision, um, I think he'll probably play tomorrow night. They just want to give him a night off. Yeah, it makes sense. Probably probably a bruise of some Fresh sort. Fresh set of legs. You'll probably see Rusek. Uh, you'll see Rusek probably take the night off tomorrow. Um, but what do we do with Victor Olofsson, dude? You trade him. Or, like, if you don't trade him, if, well, if you, you, you have to package him. You have to sell I just, any, any amount of upside that he has left which we know what his upside is, a power play specialist that has still, for all of the flack that he's gotten, he does one thing really well. He has... Allegedly. No, he does, though. He does. Like, he has an all-world release on the right side of, of a power play. And a lot of teams, like, probably don't know that. And if you put him on a good team, on a good power play, maybe even a second unit somewhere, I think he could find a role. Trade him to the Sharks. They're tanking. Like yeah, you could, literally. You, you know you, who I would like from the Sharks? Anthony Duclair. I'd like Logan Couture. I, I would like anybody on the Sharks. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, Thomas Hurdle. Like, they're obviously – they don't want to win right now, and they want they want to put themselves 
in the best position to get Macklin Celebrini, the likely number one overall pick in next year's draft. Yep. So, yeah, I the Victor Olofsson question, you do whatever you can to create the best package possible to trade it because you're not trading him by himself. Yeah, when I look at, like, Vec, it's just like, I mean, the loan of point he has on the season was from a from his spot, taking that shot, went wide, rang around the board to Owen Power, who set up who set up a, a, a goal. Uh, I can't remember who scored it. It wasn't Power. Okay. But regardless, like, I just – like, the time to trade him was the trade 20 deadline. games in last season. The trade deadline last year. I just really wish we could have known what was on the table, the deadline, because there's no chance you're touching whatever that, that value no, was. And that's, and that's why you got to do Comrie and potentially even like someone like Ostland or, or Isaac Rosian or like one of your top prospects. Because what do you not, want in return? I mean, this is what I'm saying, though. Like we need more defensive depth, I think, in my opinion. Maybe not now that Ryan Johnson is, is here, but and you want more physicality in your middle and bottom six, don't you? I say you trade him to Carolina. I Brett think Pesci. Carolina is such a good defensively five-on-five five group. No matter what line you pick, like you put him on there, that they're gonna find ways because they're such a good like. I don't think he cracks that lineup though. Huh? I don't think he cracks that lineup. I mean, I think he cracks the fourth line. I don't know, but like, do you want Victor Olofsson on your fourth line? <laughs> I mean, if he's gonna score goals. Yeah, I don't know. He's gonna I, score I, goals on your second think, power play unit. I think it's I mean, going to be hard. It's going to be hard to get rid of him, regardless. But if you do, you package him with Comrie and a prospect, and you get a good player back. I, and I've always been a guy. I said a couple of times, like Vegas. Like I know Jack would advocate for him. Yeah. So I don't know who I don't know who you get back from Vegas. They're not going to trade one of the original guys. They, they're not gonna... Keegan Colasar. Yeah. Well, this is what I'm saying. Like all you, day, you, you can all figure day. something out. I just – I don't necessarily know if any of this is going to happen, and I have a feeling he's just eventually going to get put on waivers. Yeah. I mean, you just can't justify – like, if the whole point of the, the like development of this team, the building of this team, is to not hold back younger players. Granted, yeah, Victor is younger, but, like, he's not – he's done anything. Like, done nothing to help this team. So when Rusek comes back, when Rusek when Rusek is gone, because Tuck's back in the lineup, you know, like I want, I want somebody to force a guy like Gergensen out of your lineup. I just want it. I mean, I as, love as, as we've said before, though, like with this, with the letters they slapped on their chest, it's not going to happen. I don't know, man. I I, I think it, no. It, I it, agree it's with you. Winning. I agree with you. Like, it's of about course, winning. I, I think you got to get winning over what message it sends to set, set no, a guy with water. But like, I think Gergens is for me is an even player. He is responsible defensively, and he does nothing offensively. I, and I, I mean, I, the I only reason I even said Gergens is because there's just no chance they're doing a talk poso. No, well, zero I, chance. Well, I I I personally believe they will. You think you. So you're gonna tell me that they're not gonna they're not gonna well Gergensen who's, 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 who's better, Gergensen's or Akposa? Yeah, but who's wearing the C? Yeah, but I'm telling you that I think Oposo, once he gets to a thousand, which I think is on Tuesday at home against the Bruins, I think he himself is gonna go into a load management role. I hope so because 
He saw shades of it again tonight, man. He, he played He played way too much tonight. <laughs> yes. Why is he on the second power Wait, play unit? I don't know, man. Like, I don't really get bad. it. It's really bad. Like, what does he offer that unit other than a it's, body in front? And then, like, What does he offer that uh, Rusek doesn't offer, that Joseph doesn't offer, that Krebs doesn't offer, like even Gergensen doesn't offer? Like, come on. Like, what are we doing here? And getting to the power play a little bit, um, as we talked about, obviously – their plan to get into the zone is not working. They turn the puck over entirely too much. And I haven't even mentioned this tonight. They can't win a fucking draw to save their life. I, I Let me look at the stats tonight because at one point it was 27 to 4. It was so bad. And I don't know if you saw how many times the ref pump fake Tate Thompson, the linesman, on, on faceoffs. It was insane. Oh, Can we talk about... How terrible of a referee Wes McCauley is. Yeah, he's really bad. Uh, like, how do you watch Jordan Greenway get cross-checked five times in front of the net? Yeah. Stare at it and just like, eh. They were okay. really bad. But then you call that um, that that barely interference. Don't get me wrong, it was interference. That is interference. But there needs to be consistency. You can't call that ticky tack interference call, but then let what go what happened to him in front of that, let that go. It just makes no sense to me. Guess what the face-offs were. Oh, last time I looked, it was like 37 to 14. 40 to 15. Huh? 40 to 15. Yeah, it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. I just – someone's got to learn to win a draw on this fucking team. Like, I – Maybe I'm that's dangerous. the guy you bring in. Like, uh, a, a guy a who – A face-off specialist. A decent two-way player, but who can win a face-off. A face-off specialist, Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know – I bet you he would come back to Buffalo. I, I, I would not – I don't think anyone would be opposed to that. Nashville is yeah. not going to do and anything then, this season. Dude, I've always, always been an advocate too, dude, because I know his uh, contract is coming up. I'm fucking, dude, throw a first round pick and a player at Florida. Bring back Sam Reinhardt. I'd love that too. Like, why not? I would love that as well. They can't afford him. They're not going to be able to afford his next contract. No way. No. I mean, he's the perfect type of player. Dirty goals, get in front of the net. Um, you win a face off. You, know, you can play on the wing and center. You need a guy to go win a face off. I'll go win a face off. Gosh, I, I think Mid- Middlestad's going to get there eventually because I do think he has the hands and the timing for it. I think Tage is just bad at faceoffs, um, and clearly Krebs is probably not very good. I just Cousins hasn't been good. I it's, yeah, it's going to cost them. They they lost they mm-hmm. lost by twenty five tonight, and they won the game. It didn't cost them, but it should have. Yeah, absolutely should have. Yeah, are you? Guys, save their ass. Quick question: Are you not allowed? If you ice the puck, are you not allowed to take a timeout? I don't. Ugh, I thought it was just you can't ch- ch- do line change. Someone, I don't know that. I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna. I tweeted out. I tweeted out after that first defensive zone draw at the end of the game. Said, like, "Take your timeout, Donnie." But then Minnesota did. But then someone comments like, "They ice the puck. They can't take a timeout." I didn't. Don't, I don't think it's a rule, right? Like I, I've never heard if, of that. If, if you haven't left, I'm sure you can probably take it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see why you couldn't. I know you can't do a line change if you ice the puck. You got to keep the same uh, five players out there. But, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's that's not a rule. I'm pretty sure. You, but, again, regardless, he, he could have taken his time out uh, on either of the next two icings that they had, and he didn't. It drives me nuts because yeah. you have a tired group out there, and no, you, need sure. as mu- you need to give much rust as, you know, as you possibly can. Him and uh, him and Sean McDermott, who I want to fire into the sun right now. Yeah. Uh, they need we're to not talking about the Bills. They, no, no, yeah, we're not talking about the Bills. Other than I think Sean McDermott is ruining this franchise. I um, right there with you, bud. I think 
Donnie Meatballs and Sean McDermott need to meet down and talk about their timeout management and game situations. Hey, this is a good point, and I think we should end on this. Let's end on this. Okay. We're about an hour in. I am one of the few, I think, in the, in the Sabres Twitterverse that is actually really, really excited about the possibility of Patrick Kane in this lineup. And I have, I have three reasons, which I, which I would like to discuss. First reason, as, as our good friend Gargalant says, that if nothing else, obviously wins are going to put asses in seats. Patrick Kane is going to fill that building. Yes. All of South Buffalo, all of South Buffalo will be at those games. I promise you this. Like that's the the first reason. That's 3000 tickets right there. Immediately. Immediately. So if nothing else, the atmosphere in the arena is going to be much better for home games. Number two, if he's healthy, which I don't think they're going to lie about this. Obviously the hip resurfacing is is a tough surgery. If he's healthy, he does. He's still one of the better goal scorers in the league. He does still fill a role. Otherwise. Fills a role, right? Like you put him on the power play. You put him with potentially Skinner or Middlestat or Cousins. We've talked about all the options in the Sabres top nine right now. You put him with guys that can get him the puck. He's going to score goals. He had 56 points last season as a 35-year-old player with a bad hip. If he's healthy, he's going to score goals. This is what he's done his entire career, oh. and not even just score goals. He's going to get the Here's, puck to guys who can score goals. So he's a good people, player. People, people want to talk about his age. All right, here, here, and this was in a Sabers group chat. Him, Pavelski at thirty nine years old last season, seventy seven points. Pavelski is a different player than Patrick. But no, I'm, let me just go on the list. Let me just go on the list. This is, Malkin currently is thirty seven, has thirteen points in eleven games played, had eighty eight points last season. Crosby at 36 has 12 points in 11 games, 93 last season. Ovechkin is 38, has eight points in 11 games played, 75 points in 73 games played last year with 40. Not the age. It doesn't matter. If he's healthy, I know, but like people are, people are bitching about the age. Like, you know, he's past his prime, this, that, the other. I'm listing players that are beyond 35 years no. old. The people who really hate it are the, the deep analytics people who have watched his numbers decline over the past two years. He's because not a good a dog shit Chicago team. Yeah. He's number one. He was on a horrible team that was tanking. Number two, he's not a defensive forward. Who cares? Neither we was Yagi. You know, like, there's so many guys. Yager. We don't need him to be. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like I remember. If Patrick Kane signs with the Sabres. Everybody will be excited. Everybody. I don't care what. Yeah. Listen, I, do I need Patrick Kane? No. no. But if, if, uh, if a random Tuesday in, in two months comes down, Darren Dreger, the Sabres are signing Patrick Kane. Do you know what, like, the gravity of that moment will be for this franchise? It, <laughs> I'm just thinking about, like, jersey sales, day one. It, it's insane. He's the best, best athlete in the history of the city. The best American-born hockey player trying to come out and have one last run to hopefully help his hometown team get to the playoffs. Everybody knows, because we all did it as kids, playing in the driveway or playing in the streets, wearing our Sabre, like wearing Sabre jerseys. We all, in our best Rick Jenneret voice, 
call the Stanley Cup game-winning goal that we scored on either on empty net or, you know, older or younger brother, whoever it was. That's what Patrick Kane's life was growing up. Even, even if he helps this team get to the playoffs this season, that is like a legacy cementing thing for him. Yes. <laughs> and like, even, let's say he plays two, three more years and helps us win a cup. If people don't already think he's the best American-born hockey player ever, that would put him into a discussion of the top 10 players of all time. Agreed. So I do believe that with the cap space and the ability to make the middle six even better than it already is and the appeal for the fans, the appeal for the city, the story, obviously, it's a win-win. If, if it loses and he yeah. doesn't produce, I'm like it is right. I'm on your side. Do I need Patrick Kane? No. But am I going to be upset if they sign him? Absolutely not. And if you are, it's, it's, and huh? if you are, you're a nerd. Yes. You are a nerd who only yes. cares about underlying an- analytics from the past Listen, two years. The I, analytics. The- I love analytics. I think they're great. But sometimes you need to ignore them in certain situations and think about what his fit would be with this current team. It would be great. Yep. Listen, listen, like <laughs> you can sit there and try and tell me all day, talk to me all day about analytics and I respect it. But at the end of the day, <clears throat> those terrible numbers about his Corsi for Corsi against whatever, they were on such bad, bad post dynasty Chicago Blackhawks hockey teams. Yeah. Bad. And, and rightfully so, the organization was a tr- friggin' dumpster fire on and off the ice. They deserved everything they got outside of Connor Bedard because I still don't can't believe they won that lottery. If there's well, any franchise that didn't deserve it, was that? Can you can you not believe that they won the lottery? I mean, original six team. I, I mean, I yes, I can. I always I've always believed lotteries are fixed. Well, um, that was what I'm saying. It was absolutely. You know right. what I mean? Like the Pittsburgh Penguins cross. That was fixed. It was team absolutely was a right. Team was a team. The, 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 the only one that wasn't was uh, was McDavid. <laughs> Literally. Allegedly. Yeah. Either way. But um, at the end of the day, like, he's still one of the greatest goal scorers of our generation. So and, and he has goal. three stand. He has three Stanley Cups. He's scored huge goals in big moments. He's shown up in big moments. So the reason like, people as are- a hockey player, a guy who has played this game his entire life, as a coach, like there are guys on every single team that yeah, they're gonna hurt you defensively a little bit, but they're also gonna help you defensively because you know what? They're gonna drive play in the offensive zone. Yeah, it's less time you're gonna spend not- in the defensive zone because he's out there. The reason people are so upset about the possibility of it even happening is because he's obviously so poor defensively and his offensive numbers have dropped. Like you said, he was on a bad team. He wasn't healthy. If he is healthy, as I said, I'm walking in circles now. He's going to provide a specific role, and that's all that matters. You bring another guy into the room. They only have one right now in Eric Johnson who's won a cup. You bring a three-time cup winner, a Conn Smythe winner, hometown hero – a guy Donnie Granado coached in the past. Yep. A guy who's absolutely played with Tage Thompson before. Like he knows these guys. He could go into the room and step into a leadership role, potentially with Kyle Oposo out of the lineup at that point. Fingers crossed. Um, Let's see. Yeah, I I think it's only a good thing. So um, yeah, I mean, you can be concerned about the hip. None of us are doctors. None of us know, but. In the video that they released about 
uh, I think a month ago, showing his progress, showing his training, showing his skills. That's Patrick Kane and a Sabres game. Yep, the old odds. Just do it for the vibes. Do it for the vibes. The city would be on fire. I don't care. I agree. On fire. Oh, gosh. I really hope they do it. And I'm going to laugh in every uh, – Walt, our guy, tweeted out the other night that he was starting to get concerned with the direction of how the Buffalo Sabres are building this hockey team in response to the rumor about the Sabres being interested in Patrick Kane. I will laugh in Walt's face. I will absolutely laugh in Walt's face if the Sabres sign Patrick Kane and he turns out to produce, which if he's healthy, he will. Do we do we uh, do we start the movement with that like the apology form, the Patrick yeah, Kane apology? No, we, we, form? we got yeah, hundred percent, and put this picture at the top of it, like literally, like it's. I, I'm done. Listen, I think here, we should, here's we should, the thing, and there there are people that um that in, in group chats that I'm in. Listen, Patrick Kane hasn't lived the model life off the ice. He hasn't. He's had his issues. <clears throat> Drinking, the partying, you know, we all know what allegedly did or didn't happen. I don't really want to get too in-depth about it on the show. but I mean, he's he's innocent, so. Yeah, so, listen, we'll never know ex- what happened. Um, he was he was proven innocent in the court of law. Um, and well, I mean, the case was dropped, but. Yeah, well, it, it, you know what I mean, but like, yeah, it was dropped because there was if, no evidence. If yeah, if, if it would have went to, it, there was not enough sufficient evidence to you know, present a case. Um, and then obviously the Kyle Beach scandal did or did he not know about what was happening? You know, to Kyle Beach, Kyle Beach claims that there were players that knew. Um, he has not lived the model life. He has not. And if you want, and if you don't want Patrick Kane because of the off-ice stuff, listen, I, I I can understand that, and I can even agree with it, as somebody who is very much so emotionally affected by the Kyle Beach stuff. I totally understand it, and I agree with it. But if your point in not signing him is Patrick Kane, a hockey the hockey player, you are dead fucking wrong. Without a question. You are dead fucking wrong. I am sorry. He is not what until injury proves otherwise, he is not washed up. He is what 34. And I just listed five or six guys who are over the age of 35 and 36. One of them's 39, who are still producing a damn near point per game clip. And you put him on a team that's ready to win now. Guys that are gonna get him the puck. You're telling me that if Patrick King goes back to Chicago. Tomorrow gets put on a line with Connor Bedard that he's not going to score a point per game. Yeah. I, um, you're out of your fucking mind. I completely agree with you. And I'm glad we're on the same page on this one, because I would say, as I I tweeted out earlier, if they gave him that three year, $5 million a year, year deal, which is within the realm of possibility, people would lose their minds. People would lose it in a very bad way. And I just want to call out, all of those people right now for what they are. And they're nerds that, and they, they hate having fun and they hate the, the possibility of a, a good story. We all know, we all know who they are. We all know. Who no, they no. Are. And I believe me, I support these analytics people. I really do. I think that what the work they do is, is valuable. And I think there is a place in, in the game for it. I think the Sabres have a really good analytics department and the guys over at expected Buffalo and our friend Walt and a, a variety of other people do really, really good work covering this team. 
But stop the fucking Patrick Kane thing. Him into the Sabres needs to happen. And I'm done. Could you imagine? We're out of here. Could you imagine? Could you imagine Patrick Kane lifting a Stanley Cup? Winning goal or anything. Like, could you imagine the melee in downtown Buffalo? No, no, I, I, this is the thing. This is why they need to do it just for this possibility alone. So I think we, I think we can end end this here. Uh, Go Sabres. Yeah. With that, well, that being said, just another shout out to our sponsors, Fatty Beer Company. Uh, Make sure you get over to any of their seven Western New York locations. Um, Buffalo's premier market and tap room, over 300 beers to choose from open daily seven days a week from 1130 AM to 10:30 PM and later live music and events. Uh, and you can follow them on all their socials at fatty beer on IG. It is Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter now known as X Remember they are kid and dog friendly. And as always, Make sure you go check out buffalogo.com or at buffalogoco at uh, on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, check out all of the uh, local designs that they have uh, for you to choose from when it comes to the Bills, the Sabres, Bisons, whatever team you support here in Buffalo, both professionally and locally. They have so many cool designs on there. Again, let them know the guys from Two Goalies, One Mike sent you. Uh, with that being said, as you said, we can end, it, end things on that. Uh, I think it's a good thing to end on. Uh, And, hey, tomorrow night, another big game. Don't call it a winning streak, baby. Let's go. Let's go for two in a row. And uh, go Sabres.
I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com.